All right, welcome to the Thursday episode of the A-Game Podcast. We have Dove Davidoff. Dove Davidoff is a stand-up comedian. I've been following his career for a very long time. I saw him live at the Comedy Cellar years ago and immediately just thought he was one of the funniest stand-up comedians I had seen. And I went back and saw him a few other times. I've been following his career since then. And he's gone on to be a, a successful actor. He's got an, an author. He starred in TV shows right alongside J-Lo. The guy's been around forever and he checks all the boxes for guests on our podcast. He's entertaining. He knows how to tell a story. He's entrepreneurial. He's a comedian. He does jujitsu with Marcelo Garcia in New York City. He's got a history of boxing and martial arts. And most importantly, he is a successful real estate investor, developer, uh, making money, understanding rate of return, understanding how to take risks. Uh, I mean, he just, he, he really says a lot of good things and you could just tell it's stuff he doesn't even think about. He just does it. So I love that it's just ingrained in him. And I like a lot of the things that he says. You could really see the conversation kind of heat up when we started talking about real estate. And then we got into martial arts, boxing, jiu-jitsu. Uh, you could just tell how his passion is excitement to be talking about that kind of stuff. So uh, we get into a lot of different stuff, mindset stuff. We talk about some fun comedy stuff. He talks about some of his career things. And then we talk about some of the development stuff he does, how he picked his area, how he's made millions of dollars in real estate. Talk about jiu-jitsu, talk about boxing, uh, talk about mindset, talk about life. Uh, again, he's a good friend of Brian Callen. Anybody listening to this, if you're in the Chicago area, go check out Brian Callen at the Schomburg Improv coming up uh, this Thursday and Friday. Uh, check his website, briancallen.com. And as always, this is sponsored by Nationwide Business Capital Group. Go to nicknick.com slash links under affiliates. Write to Marianne, tell her the A-game podcast, set you, and she'll get you some funding for your real estate deals. And then obviously... While you're on that site, check any of the ways to connect with me on social media and all the ways to subscribe to this podcast. It really means a lot. Please subscribe. Please engage on the post. Please follow us on social media. And if you're looking to get into some deals, message me on any of those or email me podcast at nickandnick.com. And again, if you would like a free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers as a wholesaler or a real estate agent or broker, go to nickandnick.com slash bigger pockets for your free checklist. Appreciate it. Was really looking forward to having Dove come on. Again, been a fan for, of him for a long time. It was really cool of him to come on and uh, just talk shop, talk real estate, talk life, talk entrepreneurship, and most importantly, talk real estate. Follow him. You'll see in the show notes at Dove David Off on all things. Definitely uh, check out his book, Road Dog. Awesome book. Really funny stories. Hopefully they make those into a movie one day, but you'll enjoy it. Even the audible version, he reads himself and definitely check him out on the road. Check out his stand up and uh, look him up to see all the amazing appearances he's made on TV shows and movies over the years. Comedy all over New York City. Definitely go check him out live. Definitely follow him. You will not regret it. Thank you very much, Dub David All. Thank you guys very much for listening. Have a great Thursday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game.
All right, I am very excited for today's guest. I've been a longtime fan of his. He is an actor, comedian, writer, real estate investor, author, man of the people, and the inventor of the Calzone smoothie. So we'll <laughs> definitely jump into that. You can recognize him from such places as the, uh, the show Crashing. You've seen him on Shades of Blue, The Punisher, The Chappelle Show. You can catch his comedy specials, Lower Your Expectations, and he's the author of Road Dog, Life and Reflections from the Road as a Comic Stand-Up. He's got a great background in martial arts and comedy and acting as an entrepreneur. There's so many different ways we can go. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on the A-Game Podcast. Dove Davidoff. Sure, buddy. Hey, Nick. What's going on? Excited to have you, man. I really appreciate it. So, um, I, dude, I saw you, uh, I started seeing you at the Comedy Cellar so long ago. And I remember, you know, we were talking about martial arts and I always just like to say with everything, there's black belts and then there's black belts. And over the years of seeing, you know, you and Callan and Jim Norton, those guys in a room of killers, you stood out so much that I was like, that's the guy I'm following. Like you killed it every time I was there. You did, you did this, uh, you did this routine about like hooking up with this chick and like the clothes set on fire. <laughs> Dude, it was it was just hysterical. So uh, I've been following your career for a long time and I think you're hysterical and I loved hearing that you're now into real estate and martial arts. So I very much appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Definitely, man. So, so people who aren't hundred percent familiar with you yet, if you could just give a quick, like 30,000 foot view of kind of who you are and where you came from. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, I mean, look, it, it's a long, strange journey. I think people get <laughs> stand up for various reasons, but you know, most of it is the manifestation of some form of dysfunction. I would imagine. I mean, you, you know, if you got your head screwed on straight, that's generally not the direction you move in. But um, I, uh, I, I grew up in a junkyard in Jersey, and um, I started doing stand-up um, a long time ago in New York City. And, um, yeah, and I became a, uh, I mean, you know, stand-up led into acting. Um, I, I started working on Wall Street when I was like 20 years old, and then I left, you know, to pursue stand-up full-time. But um, I, I've always um, had my eye on markets. I bought my first small building in Manhattan when I was, a, a long, long time ago, and when the Lower East Side was was uh, not a desirable place. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's basically the tale. You know, and they mean the, the memoir, obviously, you know, you get into your life. I mean, I, I don't want to drag you through the, 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 the minutia, but that's the 30,000 foot view is a stand up investor, uh, developer. And, um, that's, that's, uh, and I'm getting old. <laughs> Well, I love it. Congratulations. I know in the last couple of years, you've had a, a kid. So um, congratulations yeah, on yeah, that. Yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. So a couple of things I definitely wanted to touch on, starting out with the book, because the book obviously digs yeah. deep into a lot of your stuff. And I really enjoyed it. I've heard some nightmares from people about how difficult the audio process is when you do the audible. So uh, I definitely yeah. want to ask you about that. But I'll tell you, dude, I hearing you tell that story was right. amazing. I love listening right. to you actually tell the tale. What was that experience right. like? Uh, you know, listen, strange. I mean, when you write about, you know, I don't know, you sort of, when you process your life, you know, at a, at a granular, I guess is the right word level. Um, you know, it's exhilarating and, and, and exhausting at times thinking through it and then how to say it. And, and then, you know, the audio version is you're just trying to, you're, you're trying to, get through, you know, without becoming so attached to the language that you need to stop in parts and process the kind of emotional associations. But um, 
Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a it's an it's a journey, you know. I mean, to, to, I, I mean, I felt like it was it was um, you know productive psychologically to think through all of the um, experiences, you know. I mean, I think there's there's real value in it, you know, whether or not somebody's doing it in the context of a journal entry or whether or not they're trying to, you know, bookend a narrative and create a complete memoir slash book deal you know i mean mostly you got to just want to do it for you yeah for sure how much of that brought up stuff that helped you with self-reflection and either bringing stuff up that maybe caused more issues and unwound it more or stuff that really helped you look back at things and have some healing and some closure um yeah you know it's 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 funny like yeah healing and closure i i don't know like the process of you know some people really have had a productive experience with therapy, you know, psychotherapy. And then a lot of people that end up getting into comedy. I mean, usually it comes from having felt, you know, I don't know, isolated or, or outside looking in, or you just have the kind of mind that's processing experiences a bit differently than some of the people around you. And you want to try to get up and um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a good question, you know. I, I mean, trying, trying. I, I'm not sure where, how to answer it. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah I just didn't know, you know, it's, as far as the process of it, was it things that you were kind of building up and decided you're going to, you know, hey, I want to start doing this, so I'm going to start slowly taking notes on stuff and rethinking yes. things I want to include? Yeah, no, the process of it, yeah. I mean, I've read I've read things that were influential, and, and I thought it would be, it would be a the ROI associated with that process, I thought could be high. It's like when you write a book, it's probably not a good idea to do it thinking that it's going to be profitable. It's not, you know, that that's not the reason you, you, you write it. Um, but you, you try to, when you're processing all of those, those early childhood experiences as they relate to your life now, it's um it accrues some kind of value you know both in community in, in the attempt to communicate to others you end up in conversation with yourself and so i think that's where a lot of the the value lies in the process is just trying to try trying to find language to communicate the experience which is probably why you know it would need to be I, I mean, I think a memoir would need to be pretty uncomfortable at times if you're going, if you're really going to get um, honest, you know, because we all have this three dimensional experience of our lives and ourselves. And so, yeah, you'd have to, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it definitely was something uh, I, I love the way, obviously you're, you're a comedian. So you're, you're articulate yeah. and you're funny the way you stuff stuff, yeah. but I've heard you on a lot of other podcasts too, and I appreciate how open you are with a lot of different stuff, whether it be good or bad. And, you know, what you just said, I think is interesting as well as you don't get into writing your memoir, writing your book to be profitable. Yeah. And I find that a lot of the things minus the real estate side of it, you know, everybody wants to start a podcast because they think they're going to get a hundred million dollar Joe Rogan Spotify. Right. You know, yeah. they want to be a comedian because they think they're going to go on the road and bank. Yeah. Like, they don't see the work that goes into it. And you seem to be somebody who commits to these things regardless and you put the time and the work in is that something that's always been in you because obviously you know one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything 
And yeah. like the, you know, the Chris Wybans and the Ally Quintas and those guys that have come over and started doing real estate have done really well because they've done well knowing how to take rejection and get your butt kicked and come back the next day. And yeah. I feel like that translates into business, into martial arts, same stuff that goes into comedy. So is that something you learned from doing those things or something that you had that made you gravitate towards those? I, 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 it's an excellent question. And I, I think, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, like, like the commitment associated with something, you know, I mean, I think there's, there's the money question. If I'm going to go into a real estate deal, I need to understand where the margins are at. Um, but to do, I don't know, to do, to get involved in, I guess there's different objectives associated with different projects and pursuits, you know, as it relates to like the fighters you mentioned who were going into certain types of, of business and understanding the nature of sort of defeat and then having to, to continue to get up to do the thing again. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's a, that's a very relatable idea to, to, to me, you know, I mean, look, stand up. I mean, you know, nobody ever starts out good. It's like, you're, you're always getting up after failing, you know, and, and failing publicly because that's the only way you can develop material. And so it's, um, yeah, but, but, but how did you frame the question just so we, we don't get off on a tangent? What, what, yeah, just, just that tenacity of being able to be somebody who tries new things, get your ass kicked and yeah. keep going to hit yeah. your goals. I see so many people like, you know, they, they try stand up once or they talk about they're going to do it. They never do it. Yeah. The amount of guys that walk into the jujitsu gym or the boxing gym because they've had 400 yeah. street fights and then they never come back again. You know, right. there's, yeah. there's a high turnover rate, whereas all the things that you are successful at, I see are the things that people talk about doing and never even start. And you've accomplished yeah. success in all of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 um, the, I guess it's just if you really want to get something done, I don't. I've never thought much about tenacity, only that it's just part of the fabric of trying to get anything done, you know? It's like, it's a, you know, I mean, there are the cliches, you know, I mean, in the entertainment business, half the battle is showing up and, <laughs> you know, it's all true. All the cliches are, are, are for the most part true, but I think, um, I don't, you know, I don't think I would be a good motivational kind of speaker I, you know as i'm trying to process the the thought the language isn't arriving easily to me it's just it's like part of wanting to do something you know i mean early on like if you want to do something you have to clean up all of the, the all of the stuff about fear and shame you know like brene brown lectures on ted talks and you know all of like evolutionarily the reason we experience a lot of fear and shame I, I from what i understand was to protect us so if you're in the forest and it's genuinely life or death um the fear makes a lot of sense if there's a tiger over there that fear will help keep you alive the problem is we tend to process fear in ways that are now no longer facilitating our health and survival. The average person is not coming up against a lion or a tiger, but when you get up on stage early on, it feels like you are, you feel, or like even the first time, if you start sparring and somebody hits you in the face, like that's, 
it can be traumatic at <laughs> first, but you have to get comfortable with that in order to engender some ability. And then it will, the anxiety will start to diminish, you know? And it's like, and so all of those universalities are, um, they're applicable to everything that we do and everything that we are, you know, it's, um, yeah, whether it's a relationship or, or a, you know, a business related objective or a creative objective. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, like the reason to keep doing it is because why not? What else are you going to do? You choose to not do the shit. I mean, it doesn't, it didn't seem like a good enough reason. Not like fear doesn't seem like a good enough reason not to do something. And the shame associated with failing in front of a crowd. I mean, I was thrown out of high school, so I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I don't for behavioral stuff. And I don't know. Um, there's no, well, who gives a fuck what they think? You know I mean? Like I care what they think in the context of trying to write quality material that's able, that I'm able to communicate. Like in terms of uh, shame, it's, it's not a high value experience if it prevents you from doing something, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a bad motivational speaker, but I do identify with everything that I've heard people that are better at articulating these ideas say. It's, it's all true, you know? Thank well, I think the fact that you can't even find the words for it says a lot about how it's ingrained in you. And I, I think that's why you are where you are is because it's not even a second thought. It's like you say you're going to do something, you do something, you want something, you go after it, you don't make excuses. Yeah. And I think other people probably overthink that. So, you know, I think you're, yeah. you're the leading by example is really all you need to do. And that's why look where you are, look at what you did, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fair, you know, and then there's the, the journey never ends, you know, and it's like, yeah, we just want to sort of get centered and try to find out what's really there, you know, and so if it's really there, it allows you to keep showing up. And also the notion of personal responsibility for me, like, I go back to like, if something isn't working, you know, in the middle of this development, I've got, you know, there's, it's, it's a multi-million dollar project and, and I'm in the middle of COVID, but it's like, um, yeah, I'm trying to think it's like, um, it, it, like I have to develop a philosophy in order to deal with, with my life. And so it's like, to, I don't know, it's like, like not doing it isn't really, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was an option, I guess. I mean, That's fair enough, man. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And also I wanted some, I wanted freedom, some, some freedom financially, you know, which requires that like, whenever I hear people talking about, you know, money or investment, like it's like this thing where like, I'm going to get a bag. Like that's a phrase <laughs> you hear from like, it's like, it's always, you, you've heard the phrase, the expression about the second marshmallow. You ever heard about that marshmallow? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for people that don't already know, it, I, I, I like research psychologists put marshmallows in front of a kid and the initial marshmallow, they said, you can eat this one marshmallow right away. But if you sit there in front of that marshmallow for another five minutes, we'll give you two marshmallows. And the kids that are able to wait for the second marshmallow tend to do better in life as representative of, you know, anything worth doing 
um, requires um, usually patience and some degree of tenacity and discomfort. And so you just start to associate that with what needs to be done. You know, it's, it's, um, but it's fucking lonely, you know, it's, challenging. <laughs> <laughs> it's lonely and challenging. And so you gotta, yeah, but I don't, I just don't see any other way to go about it. No, I agree, man. The, the stuff that people don't see behind the scenes, like that's why I always have so much respect for comedians is you know, I was talking to Brian Callen about it. We'll talk about him, but having to come up with this hour and just put so much into eating shit to develop that hour. And then you put it out and then you do it. Everybody loves it. And now you have to start again from the beginning and go through the entire, reclimb the whole mountain again. Like re, It's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Your whole career. And that's a bitch. And to see somebody do that over and over again, as long as you have, you, yeah. you got to respect that. You know, it's not as easy as just getting up and being on the room. Sorry. Yeah, right. yeah, no, no. And also even like trying to make sure what like, you're doing the thing for you and for the right reasons, you know, and, and I mean, a lot of people, and especially in the age of social media, just that they, they don't seem to me like they always know why they're chasing what they're, what they're chasing. And so trying to balance just getting back up and doing doing it again and going after it, but maintaining your own center, so to speak, you know? Yeah, man. You, you've had some great quotes that I, I think really relate to my journey in jujitsu, my journey in real estate, all of it about accountability. And I know you've talked about integrity means not taking the excuse and like looking back at personal responsibility to figure out what role do I play and not complaining or bringing up something without actually having a solution. And I have that conversation with people all the time of like, okay, this is the problem. This is the third time you brought up this problem. What are we doing about it? Because at this point, you don't want to fix it. You just want to bitch. And I don't have time to listen to that. You know, and I think that that's such great self-awareness and such harsh, but good advice for anybody. You know, I, man, you know, listen, this tough love stuff, it's the truth. And if we, you know, on a cultural level, I think if we move in a direction of if you're trying to find an excuse to not do something, you'll find it. But yeah, that, that, yeah, that thing where if I'm complaining about something, I just have a conversation with myself, which is like, <laughs> it's so counterproductive to complain without addressing the complaint. Like, it's okay. Part of complaining is just catharsis. If somebody's sitting down, like, can you believe this? fucking you know whatever is going on like there are like address what you just said like it's okay to get it out there but then you know try to address it if it's an actual challenge in your life you get you gotta you gotta you gotta address the thing in order to have you know regard for yourself i would imagine you know i i had people in my life that have pointed that out to me and I, obviously nobody likes to hear it when someone is like dude fourth time shut the fuck up but yeah. at some point you're kind of like you did me a favor and, and they kind of guide you towards it and then you notice it in other people did yeah. you have somebody in your life that kind of helped you figure those things out and point out those those values and those habits and traits to you no i don't think so <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so you know listen i picked up things about the way the world works my father you know died when i was 21 but um but 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 he had a good sense of the way human beings sort of work i mean he wasn't an educated guy whereas my mother who is you know a master's at columbia psychoanalyst i think um 
has the common sense of a, of a, you know, like a pack animal. I mean, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, I mean, it's, there's just very little common sense, an intelligent person, but very little common sense. And, um, yeah, so I, you pick up common sense shit along the way. And then I think that has to do with the breadcrumbs that lead you in a direction that, um, you know, because what we're saying is there, these things I don't think can necessarily be argued. The way in which you arrive at some self-awareness or, or have this discipline to, to address whatever the problems are, um, it's all universal. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to go to, to, to go about that stuff. And so if we're trying to do the right thing by ourselves or somebody else, like we'll arrive at, at these stages. But I think, listen, all the stoic, you know, advice, the, the stoics, you know, the Eastern philosophy. I mean, you read about people want to get shit done. You know, there was no central figure. My father was very influential in terms of the way I see the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if he had really addressed some of the problems in front of him, you know, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. So no, not one central guiding light, but I definitely had sort of mentors as I'm going, moving through the world, I got access, you know, my very close friend was a Harvard MBA and I mean, very close, you know, and for years and he was much older than I was. And so, um, I got to see a more sophisticated kind of version of, of the way someone can see the world, you know? Um, and, and he had his problems too, but, you know, I learned from them certainly, you know, I, I learned from them as well. So yeah, no one central figure. It's fair enough. I just, you, you're interesting to me because you, you seem very open, but you're also very cut and dry in certain things. And I've heard you, hold your own in on podcasts where you guys are just basically telling dick jokes. And I've heard you yeah. get up there with people and talk philosophy. And you yeah. know, I'm always interested in kind of how that adapts, but I feel like, like you said, the collaboration of the experience and the relationships kind of, yeah. that's what Dove David off is, right? That's where you arrived at today. Yeah. I was always pretty philosophical, you know? And so, I mean, it's probably, yeah. Like I, I, it's, um, you find things that add up, and that it's like a compass, you know, once you find some universal sort of components of, of a proper philosophy, it, it seems as though it, it, it'll continue, you'll get confused, you know, and then there'll be a reorientation and you sort of, you go back to that thing and it becomes metaphorically a, a compass, you know, you'll find north. I mean, unless you live like a jerk off and, you know, <laughs> you, if you want to find somebody to, you know, sit around and make excuses and complain with, there's a lot of that out there. You know, I, I just, uh, I just don't understand where it's, it just doesn't end well. Nope. I agree with you a thousand percent, man. You know, it's, uh, I think it's also one of those things where people, for some reason, they, they see you on TV, they see you doing well, and they assume that like, you don't have bad days or, oh, it's different for him. Like not realizing that, like you didn't always have money. You didn't always own real estate. You weren't always killing it on stage. And one of my really things that I related to during your book, which the, the opening whole thing with Vegas is, has to be on uh, yeah, okay, yeah. amazing. But I remember uh, the Texas thing with the two blonde guys, when you were going into it, and you were talking yeah. about how you just weren't feeling it. That's something that I think is important. Like, how do you handle that when you're going and you're supposed to be up there and making everybody laugh and telling jokes? And you basically have to be on every time they hear you're a comedian, you're an entertainer. They want you to be on all the time. 
but you're going through a divorce. You're having a shitty day. Or your real estate deals giving you an effect. It's part of COVID. Like, how do you talk yourself back up to kind of to be there and show up on game day? You know, it's it's an excellent question, but I I just I there's no thing. There's no one thing. You just get up and you do you do it because you know you need to do it. I mean, it's um yeah, it's funny. You know, it's kind of like it comes from a place beneath words it's like you have to you have to go and um like you can't wait i remember some acting you know guru guy back in the day it's like you can't wait to actually feel the way you'd like yourself to feel in order to get something done you know it's like and the one the one evident truth that people have been writing about since the beginning of the written word is how you know, be careful of what you wish for. Not, nothing's going to just make someone happy, so to speak, right? It's like, it's like, you know, if you don't have any money and you need money for rent, that will solve that problem, in which case it would increase the happiness. But if it becomes about, you know, if it's not shit that genuinely feels good or that you're connected to you know it's like i mean all of these hollywood no matter how well anyone's done depending on how you define how well it's like it just it's incredibly messy it, it doesn't you know none of that's really working for anybody unless they really enjoy the work that they're doing and they they have their own they they have an upright kind of personal philosophy and are moving through life and in decent ways, nothing, there's no panacea, you know, it's all dealing with your own messy stuff and then showing up and then repeating it the next day. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, you don't get to a place, there, there's no arrival, it never ends. I think that that's an interesting philosophy too, because you know, the jujitsu is a great example of a boxing is a great example. You walk into a gym one day, oh, I just want to catch a guy in a submission or I just want my blue belt. And then yeah. you get your black belt and you see that. And then a guy like you, you know, you get on stage and you get a TV show and now you're working next to JLo. Like, yeah. where is it? Do you get to a place? Like you said, there's never really, it almost feels like every time you achieve something, you realize how many more layers there are to that. And when do you ever stop and smell the roses? When does the journey ever have like, okay, I'm here. I'm here where I want to be. Cause I, oh, I haven't yeah. found it. <laughs> no, no, but no, but no one, if you, you're dead, if you're fine, like it's, it's, um, there's no there, there. It's all, it's all internal. There's no, and the way I'm talking is it's it's a luxury because if you have real world problems that are of an external material nature, like yeah, there there are you know there's medical shit and you know somebody's about to be thrown out of their house like that that's different. But in terms of you know all of that ambition related stuff, you know I find the ambition for the sake of is probably a dysfunctional, you know, kind of driver. It, it doesn't work for people, but chasing things that add up, you know, and, and, and really thinking about it in the process is, is, um, you know, is we're all looking for peace of mind, even if we don't know it, you know, but there's no there, there, there's no, you know, nobody's arrived there as Johnny Depp's had a pretty good career. I mean, you know, and from what I understand, 
you know, there's all, he's got tremendous money trouble and manager shit going on and real bitter divorces and cops. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. Is, is he, is he, is he arrived? I mean, if he hasn't arrived then who's arrived, I mean, it, <laughs> there's no there there. And, and there's a million examples of guys like that. I mean, it just never ends. So it's like, yeah, there's no, there's no one place we're going to get to, you know? Yeah, I love that old cliche. I, I cried when I had no shoes till I met the man with no feet that always tries to make me appreciate like, all right, you know, I, I don't have to be Johnny Depp. I'm happy. I, I have like a roof over, you know, like there's those days yeah. that you just have to put it into perspective and just be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay today. I'm okay with where I am and I'm just going to work through today. I don't know that Johnny Depp likes being Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, it's like, and we all, we, we all know these things philosophically, but because our nature is to pursue and not to have. We have to remind ourselves of these things all the time. You know, it, it's always, again, if you go back to like first principles thinking, it, it, I mean, I understand first principles as sort of a kind of thinking from which you can no longer reduce a foundational kind of thinking. Meaning if you think about our nature evolutionarily, all of our drivers, I read a, something in a book um, that said everything that makes us feel bad at some point was a uh, was evolutionarily productive. So the notion of um, like needy, like stuff, needing things, those were those were when survival was incredibly challenging. Right, um, having enough food having extra food could mean the difference between life and death. Um, but when there's no longer life or death and you st still continue to have the ambition of, I, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's going to make you miserable. If you need more fame for the sake of, because evolutionarily we need the approval of our tribe, because if we're left out in the woods alone, we're going to end up dead, you know, without the rest of the tribe. So Every one of these things, if you think about it in an evolutionary context, we're kind of like, even the notion like the drive for power, the drive, if you take us out of a capitalistic system and go into a communist or a socialist system, then the power is concentrated as opposed to in capital environments like, you know, Wall Street or banking, much of the power is just concentrated, you know, politically and whoever pulls those levers. In Russia, money didn't even mean, any, mean anything. Pa people who wanted power needed to get involved in the political process. And it's, um, I don't know, it just, it, it, it does seem to all drift back into remembering that a lot of those feelings come from irrational places when we were trying to survive in the forest 10,000 years ago. You know, it's like that feeling on stage, like, when you first get up on stage, it's traumatic. It's like, you're like, it's, 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 it's because the shame that we're experiencing is associated with some lizard part of our brain going, if these people reject us, we're out in the forest alone and we're probably gonna starve to death or get eaten by a lion without the rest of the tribe. You know, and so you gotta remind yourself of that. Otherwise you'll actually listen to that fear or listen to that shame and then you're really fucked. <laughs> you know, like the best you can do is not, is, you know, address, like fear isn't, or emotion, it's an indicator that it needs to be considered. And then once you go, 
oh, if these people don't like me, it doesn't, it's, it's not that meaningful. It's like, all right, so you didn't like me. I'll, I'll write, I'll write in a, I'll write a better joke. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. So with that whole thing, I think is very relevant for how most people are today. You're a bit of an anomaly because I feel like nobody wants to do or say anything because they're afraid it's not going to get enough likes on social media. And you seem to be one of the guys who doesn't give a shit about social media. And I have to say, it's very refreshing. Yeah, listen, you know, look, it's, it's, you know, part of my business life has allowed me, I, you know, I, don't, I may have done it anyway, but yeah, I don't, listen, man, it's a tough needle to thread, right? To hold on to your soul, but market yourself in a way that is effective if that's what you want to do, you know? It's like, it's a very challenging needle to thread because the world of social media is the opposite of, in a general sense of what's required to pro provide an individual with peace of mind. Like how do you generate peace of mind if you're concerned with what thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of people that you've never met and never will meet <laughs> um, think? I mean, it's it's, Separating the signal from the noise in that environment has got to be more challenging than it's ever been in human history, right? It's like, because of the technology, like we've never had access to the immediate feedback from a billion people, you know? And so now we're, we're provided, you know, this technology is there and emotionally we're still cave people and so now we have to navigate that, you know, and I, I just, luckily I've made enough dough to not have to, I don't know, although plenty of people that made a lot more money than I am are still, I mean, I remember Jennifer Lopez on the set would, she'd be looking through her phone and she's, her Instagram is like a uh, hundred million or so. She, there were only 17 more people in the world that had more followers than she did. So she was like number 18 in the world. And um, I, I was looking at her, looking at her phone, like, why do you give a fuck? What do you care? I mean, why? So for me, I don't know. I mean, that seems like a mental illness, but, I, but you know, it's like, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't know, you know, I'm, you know. It's that weird amygdala, man. It's like you said, it's the weird payoff. I read a whole book on it. It was like when it, when you start to realize that it's almost out of your control, it makes you fight that much harder to take it back. It's 
it is kind of crazy, man. But uh, but what what you initially said was uh, thankfully your business side of stuff is taken care of it that you don't have to worry about that. So I definitely talk a little bit about your real estate stuff. What's going on on that? I I mean I started on the Lower East Side, uh, you know, twenty years ago with a little deal, little five, little four unit and a store at the bottom, some mixed use residential commercial. Um, you know, when it was a rough neighborhood, when there was a lot of crime. And then it, it started to not get rough. And you learn about business or, or really investment is, is if everyone believes what you believe, then that narrative has already been priced into the market. So if that's the case, put your money in the S&P and hope that it goes up six and a half percent a year and compounds uh, so that you can double your money every 10 years and go live your life and do something else. But if you want to really make a dent, you've got to add value through your own ability, process, models, knowledge, skill set, sophistication, or you have to be uncomfortable, you know? And so when I bought, people didn't want to buy. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to buy it where I did and it wouldn't have appreciated, you know? And so now, gentrification has been priced into the market but in terms of my journey it was buying low in the mid 90s and then refining and doing another deal and then dealing california and then now i'm involved in more um so i just developed 26 units in brooklyn uh on nostrand avenue and uh, that was a three and a half four-year process through acquisition underwriting understanding how to engage with the city in the um um it's it's called um it used to be called a um 421a tax abatement which says if you allocate 30 percent of your residential to an affordable housing situation with the city then they would defer your taxes for 20 years or 25 years and it was a building incentive program um long story short built 26 units still lo looking for a retail tenant now 100 percent leased up and i did a distressed debt deal at auction you know sort of i'll buy a note the value of the notes 1.25 million i'll put up 740 like wherever you underwrite the value of the deal at um and so that's where i'm at now i'm looking at other distressed situations i mean the nature of distress is that it narrows down the demographic that I would have to compete with. If I'm buying at retail, it's still a lot better than putting your money in a depreciating asset. I'm not a fucking rapper. Yeah, go buy a gold <laughs> chain. Go buy a gold chain and a car that depreciates at 25% a year. It moron. Um, but yeah, like, so, you, you know, you try to add some value and pursue things, you know, where, where, um, where they, they make sense, but those, those, you know, it takes work. Definitely, man. I think it goes back to what you said earlier about having a little bit of discipline earlier on and having the patience to, to plant yeah, those yeah. seeds, because, oh, you yeah. know, I think everybody looks at where you are now and they, they probably pass on opportunities then just because they didn't want to take the risk or do the diligence. And, you know, more and more, as I'm looking at, you know, flipping, 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 I'm seeing that the guys that are really doing well are the ones that kind of held the stuff and waited. And even like, I, dude, I remember the last crash, when I was watching, I was getting beat out by like Blackstone and all these hedge funds for these like shitty deals all over. And I was like, why would they be paying over like this much money? And now I'm seeing today what they're worth and what they're selling them for. And I'm like, 
oh, like that's where they were while they were there are now, you know? So all that stuff I think is like amazing, man. Was that something that your, your, your dad taught you? How did you learn to get into that or take those risks? Well, one, what you, what you just mentioned, it's always the second, the second marshmallow thing, you know, it's like, again, but it goes back to those evolutionary drivers. Like if you're aware of our shallow inclinations, like if you're buying a car to impress the girl that didn't like you, you're going to end up attracting a girl that you don't like because she was impressed by the car that you shouldn't have had to buy anyway to get the girl. It's a negative feedback loop. And so it's whenever like, sometimes i mean that's how people go broke too because there's never enough if, like if if that's why you're doing it and and it's always another journey about materialism it's never you're never going to get there um because there's always more to spend and more to think and you're chasing something that doesn't actually exist but um I, my father could do a quality cba and and read people cost benefit analysis so you know when you're looking at um yeah, a real estate deal, like to somebody who's not engaged by that, it's boring. It's not shiny. You're not going to see a return for a very significant period of time. You know, in terms of endorphin releases, you know, I could have taken the hundred grand that I put down to buy the building. You know, I sold the building for $4 million. We put down uh, my, I, I put down a hundred. My brother put down a hundred. I bought the building for 700,000. Um, so we took 500 K in debt. $200,000 down. And the, the area appreciated the point where the building was then worth 4 million. I paid back the bank, you know, I mean, that's the real estate business, but you can't like, yeah, you, you gotta be able to understand the difference between principal and interest and keep your expenses in line. And really it's an orientation. Like you stop thinking that cool is showing up in a shiny depreciating asset. It's fine if you can afford it, go buy something nice, but don't do something nutty where you're doing it for someone else. It's not even making you happy. And you're going to need another appreciating, appreciate depreciating asset to replace it next year. It's just, it's yeah. So yeah, but my father was definitely, he could run a quality CBA. It wasn't, you know, yeah, it wasn't sophisticated private equity models, or, or, but he from the street kind of mentality. Yeah, he was a he was a, a, a hustler of sorts. And so I the baseline I, I did internalize from my father. But um, yeah, you know, and then as you get involved with it, you begin to internalize the kinds of things that make sense, you know, so it's like, like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how. Yeah, but I think it's like the black belt mentality, like you were saying, with the you get in, you do the first deal, and then you start to learn more and you scale up. So obviously, you didn't start with like a huge development deal like that, but I think that that's you know, obviously where you grew to get that. And one of the things uh, I'm I'm in a similar spot, not in the same market, but we're doing a development deal right out here, and I was blown away with all the stuff I didn't know about working with the city and just the ridiculousness about like, you know, going through COVID all of a sudden no meetings for like eight months. It was like, well, what about my shit that I need like approved? And they were like, yeah. And then they started with Zooms and we were the first people ever in the city, like right outside of Chicago to have to deal with a Zoom meeting. And then it just became like, the people didn't want to be there. So yeah. like, they just didn't approve you. But we don't like this that day. So maybe, you know, come back in a month. And I'm like, like, is that, what, what? you know, it's, it's a whole other thing, man. What was it yeah. like working with the, like a, like Brooklyn? I can assume that they could be kind of difficult to work with. 
Yeah, look, the permitting process, I mean, the whole thing was incredibly anxiety producing because I hadn't done it before. And then I needed, you know, you're trying to underwrite the deal, which, which means you're trying to find out one, what it costs to develop per foot. And that that's its own journey because you're going to get different numbers and you have to dial things in. And are you building for condo spec or is it more of a, res- a rental spec, you know, and then who can you work with? And then are they too big or too small? And this Goldilocks kind of zone, it's just, it's just you know, it's kind of like you just got to try to get into the work and hopefully experience some, um, joy you know or, or satisfaction in it's business seems to be even writing jokes similarly it's like it's always untying knots you're, you're always sort of untying knots and trying to find a way to you know i mean the permit and and it's frustrating you got to know that going in and prepare psychologically it's just that that it's a frustrating process you know but it can also be rewarding you know and then and then you build I tell you, I mean, people really need to understand, you know, even just the notion of what the word equity means and, and the real, real truly understand the difference between principle and interest. You know, when you hear about people just getting money and then spending money, the money just evaporates. Whereas if you were to just dial down your lifestyle, spend less on dumb shit and think of, the notion of equity, you know, Bitcoin is helpful for people to think through the way economics, basic economics kind of work, you know, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy the, the, the Rubik's cube of it all, you know, it's like, um, but it's definitely challenging. It's, it's a full front psychologically financial, like the whole thing, you're really engaged in the process. It's no joke. A thousand percent. It's, it's that roller coaster we keep talking about. You know, one day I'm like, this is going great. We're going to kill it on this. And then the next day, everything just halts. And you're like, what am I yeah. doing? And an hour later. So, again, I think it all becomes like, and that's what martial arts sound, which I definitely want to dig into next. But being able to stay calm when things get choppy, like oh. getting hit in the face and being able to take a breath, getting a bazabs. And I feel like that's translated very well into business. So, you know, I'm parlaying that because I don't want to take up your whole day. But, dude, I could talk real estate and, and martial arts with you for freaking hours. But I know you, you're you a big advocate of martial arts. You're big into boxing, big into to jiu-jitsu. Talk a little bit about kind of what you do, what you train, where, where you're at right now. I know you're training with Marcelo Garcia, which is freaking amazing. Listen, I'm I'm still I'm still new to jujitsu. I was training for a year before COVID, and then in a meaningful way for the last three months. But it's um, it's all fascinating, you know. And and it does it really does apply to it. It applies to thinking through the way the world works because it it shows you in an immediate way the difference between concept and application. They're two different things, and you can read a book all day long about how to throw a jab and it looks simple, but to get your feet in place and not leave your head in the middle and returning your shot is as important, arguably, as the extension. All of those things, it's like they're utterly applicable in every way imaginable to other models. I mean, I, I feel like part of our political problem. I mean, it could be addressed through, you know, look, I don't mind a progressive approach if you're trying to move something forward, provided that you apply something, beta test it and understand whether or not it kind of works. 
You, you can read a fucking book about jujitsu. You can read a thousand books. You're getting, you're getting choked, baby. And the thing <laughs> that works is something you have to start to figure out in your body as well as your mind. And business is the same. You can read all day long. Every Silicon Valley entrepreneur talks about how getting an MBA is, it could be good for some people if that's the journey you want to take. But it is in no way directly correlated with the ability to solve models and create things. And that entrepreneurial situation must be experienced. It cannot be taught. Teaching it, listen, it's great. You know, go in, learn technique. But it will all be meaningless if you don't learn to use the technique under duress. None of it matters. My buddy wrote a book, Sam Sheridan, my, wrote, uh, wrote a book, Fighter's Heart. And he said statistically you will perform down to the level of your training if your training is just i have an idea i learned this in in a classroom um that's conceptual learning that's in an academic realm and it is related to the real world but it is not the real world and the real world is pressure you know and defending a submission and then getting submitted and learning how to fail and then showing up the next day that's there's just no fucking, you know, the, there's no shortcut to that reality. You, you can find ways that work a little bit better for you. Uh, you know, I'm going to get to sleep an hour earlier. I'm going to do this little life hacks that Tim Ferriss talks about. But the general philosophy of processing concept through to application, Nassim Taleb writes about this in Skin in the Game. Um, that's skin in the game. And that's something we're missing too in business. When you're looking about at that banking collapse, you know, but it's all connected to, to uh, martial arts, you know. I mean, look what what look what the UFC taught us. Look what the Gracies taught us. They said, okay, they said uh, Tai Chi may be wonderful for many things, for your circulation, for your blood, for breathing. Um, it is not an effective martial art. And we're going to prove that to you. And that's, I, that's where I try to live, you know, and, and you got to prove it to me. I got a tattoo on my arm says nothing from words. It's a saying from science, which is everything that can be tested must be tested. You know, I, I don't want to hear concept, uh, you know, other than to, 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 to consider concept, but concept and reality are, are often two different things. I love that, man, because you see the guys that are they're just watching YouTube videos and they think that they can do stuff. And the second you wrap up with them, you're like, no, like you're you're going to know right away that that doesn't really work. It's all those little intricacies, even like you know, I've been doing jiu-jitsu like 15, 16 years now, and I'm still going all over the country and taking privates with like the, the, the best black belts I, I can that. find. And I'm having them teach me stuff that I learned day one. And they're still teaching me new stuff that I didn't know about basic guillotines, basically. You know, yeah. it's, it's always that learning. It's those little details that you can't get unless all you're doing it every single day, man, you know? All that nuance. And it's, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, that's that's the way it, it works. You know, I mean, there's the word is empirical. You need to actually experience it, do it in such a way that is, um, yeah, I mean, empirical is that which we've experienced, not just that which we have. You'd like not seen Taleb, you know, like, Nassim Taleb is a, a finance guy, but he, he's all—he's a philosopher. He's—he's he's very bright guy, and he's 
he's very serious, very critical of people that write about things that they have not experienced. It's a, it's a form of academic narrative. And if you couch it as that, if you're like, listen, you know, I've never actually had boots on the ground in the military, but here are my thoughts about the way in theory things should work. But you, it's the application, man, you know, whether it's business or martial arts or, or writing a joke. Look at jokes, man. You could write all you want in the house. Whether or not you're able to be able to communicate that effectively in, to a room that is filled with strangers, that's, an, that's a whole nother game, you know? And so, you know, if, if people would rem remember that politically, you know, it's like defund the police. Like if you've ever lived in an environment <laughs> where fucking got like, I lived through that shit in New York, you know, it's like, um, that, that's, that's, you better come up with a better game plan than that, because that is a theoretical notion that is going to end very badly. Um, but yeah, you got to apply, man. You got to apply things. You know, I get choked out every other day. You know, that's the name of the game, man. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, you know, just learning what doesn't work. Like I'm sure it is with your jokes. You get up there, you have a joke, you, you tell it one way, it bombs, you go back the next way, you adjust the timing a little bit, you get a little bit closer, a little bit better. And even like you were saying, I don't know if you ever saw in The Ultimate Fighter, but Matt Serra got in that argument with Mark Lehman because it was like, you're like a swimming instructor who's never been in the ocean giving advice to people, but you don't even know what it's like to be in the fucking pool, you know? And I think there's a lot to be said with, with, with guys like that, with people like that, you know, even um, like Marcelo, dude, like I, I did a 10 minute feet to floor match with Marcelo at his school. And it was like, I pulled guard and I was like, why, did I, what am I doing? But just, you know, the levels of the, of the people you're around and, you know, mixing the business and comedy and, and martial arts, are you finding that a lot of it is transferable and that a lot of the connections yeah. and things you're making is giving you ways. Awesome, man. I love that. I find the same things. Utterly correlated. It's hard to find ways that 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 they're not correlated. You know, listen, it's like business. Sometimes you're going into a CBA thing where there it's it's not a creative solution. Whereas martial arts is, you know, there's there's more art involved. You know, just like creative stuff of stand up. But it's it's all utterly related in terms of in terms of the concept and then the application. You can tell me all day long about how to, you know, I mean, you'll see guys that that jump into sort of ankle lock situation. Like if you haven't done it, I remember boxing trainer said something about I have my guys throw it right so many times they can't throw it wrong. But that's muscle memory. That's not conceptual memory. That's not something you're going to tell somebody and then they're going to do it right. 
And that's utterly applicable in every aspect of, of, of our lives, you know, whether it's business or, 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 or martial arts or, you know, and boxing is different even from jujitsu because when you, when somebody's trying to hit you in the mouth, it's just different. You know, it's just a different kind of thing to get used to. You know, the first time you get choked out, that feels wild too. And then, you know, and you know, you understand mortality a bit better and you'll be probably a bit more self-aware, aware of others. Everybody should experience it. When I hear guys talking, when people are yelling like around, you'll be watching a fight or something with different people. You can always tell people that have never gone near getting hit. You know, they're like, why don't you just, motherfucker, do you, first of all, just to get into range, to throw a body shot, it's something that some people are never able to do at a high level. And it's like, God knows I can't. And it's like, <laughs> you know, people that have never been hit. I mean, I, I was sparring, light sparring on Wednesday and I got caught with a body shot. Like, it'll change your day. <laughs> you know, and to know that is, to know that, from reading it in a book, very different from knowing it. Yeah. Dude, I've gotten hit in the face countless times. Yeah. There is, you know, you, you wash your, your face the next day. It's a little yeah. sore. It zings for a yeah. second. Like yeah. bad body shots or a couple yeah. of good tie yeah. kicks to your leg. Oh, yeah. Weeks, like, go by that you can't bend down or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it is. It, and people don't know. And, like you, like you said, you're watching. Hey, man. Check the kick, pick your hands up, pick up the pace. It was like, you don't think he wants to do that? Like, I remember, you know, like when people were, uh, when Matt Sarah was fighting Jordan St. Pierre, there was guys that like Synergy that were telling, giving me advice to go give Matt. To, and I'm like, well, a good thing he doesn't have Ray Longo to, you know, you might want to give him a call and tell him to look out for these things. You got it all figured out. Like, this, this, this is his job. He's a professional. He's done it for 20 years. And you think you know better because you watched it once on freaking Spike TV? It's like crazy. Yeah, well, it's, it's bananas, you know. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's bananas. I mean, you can't, and again, that can't be communicated through, through words you know we, we it would be a nicer world if it could be like people yeah. have to you know you got to experience these things but yeah it's all it's all utterly applicable you know it's all that, that is something i love about jujitsu i'll never forget the first time a boxer actually hit me in the face it was way different than like you know getting a surprise shot at a bar or something like that it really makes you reevaluate your life but yeah. jujitsu i thought was always great when people are asking like what should i get my kids into it was one of the only martial yeah. arts I could see that you yeah. could literally train at 100% every day, all day. And when like a, a physical altercation happened, like like you said, the muscle memory of just kind of like grab the guy, took him down mount and like alleviate the situation. Hey, sorry, I'm sorry, Nick. It's, no, totally uh, cool. it's, it's four o'clock. I have some guy coming to the house because I had a scheduled from three to four. Yeah, I'm, so my fault, dude. Totally my fault. Now, I'll let you wrap up. So, dude, this has been an uh, absolute pleasure for me. I really yeah. enjoyed talking to you. really enjoyed having you on. Yeah. How do people find you? How do people connect with you? Oh, just uh, at, at Doug Davidoff. I, you know, I mean, uh, uh, on Twitter, just it's it's all the ads. It all just comes up you know, on Google. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at Doug Davidoff on um, in, Instagram, IG, and, and, um, and Twitter and all that shit. Awesome, man. Any final yeah. thoughts before we let you go today? No, no. You're a good man. It, it was a good conversation. And, um, you know, I'm here. If you uh, if you ever want to talk again or, you know, whatever's going on. I would uh, love to, I'm man. Here. I would love that for sure. We could talk for a long time. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Dev Davidoff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh -huh.